Welcome everyone. It is the new episode, episode seven of No BS with Brian and Susan. I'm happy, happy, happy to be here with Susan. Uh, folks, I'm not going to lie to you today. It has been a really fucking rough couple weeks since our last time. I mean, we've been all living in quarantined uh, virus times, but it mm-hmm. just went through the roof like coronavirus is not on the table anymore it is yeah. something much much worse and it is uh it's it's bad and but i'm just happy that we're back and trying to give you folks some little entertainment and uh you know little laughs here and there and smiles uh so you can take a break from all the nastiness that is going on outside uh, I'm Brian Kluger, and I'm joined by the co-hostess with the mostest, who I will stand in on a bridge in front of law <laughs> enforcement with shields and everything uh, with uh, Susan Stevens. What's up, hey. Susan? Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm agreeing with you, man. Like, this is really, it's a crazy, it, it is really funny how uh, coronavirus is just like, what is that? No, that's out the window. It's uh it's all about fighting for justice, which I mean, I'm not, I'm not against. So, I, I read a, I, I read a, a funny like uh, blurb. Somebody said, uh, "What was it? The corona? I can't believe the coronavirus blew a 28 to three lead <laughs> to <laughs> protests and violence riots." Uh, I was like, "Whoa, yeah, no, that's really funny how you put that." Uh, this episode we're calling "Get Up, Stand Up, Don't Give Up the Fight." Uh, mm-hmm. And we are going to focus, you know, usually our movie TV news, but we're also going to talk about films that uh, promote tolerance and anti-racism because it's very relevant today. And I think it's important and significant to watch these things right now to, you know, to get inspired and see what the correct way to do things is. And maybe we'll teach people, you know, to look at different sides and where people are coming from. Uh, we're going to do that. And we have a great uh, blind watch today chosen by yours truly. Uh, yes. I, I don't know if it's better than Ricky O, but it is It's good. Oh, and it's, of course, better. <laughs> it's, it's better. It's better. So let's just start with the movie and TV news right now. Uh, let's, let's start um, with some news on John Krasinski. So I know, you know, John Krasinski, Jim from The Office, uh, did a show while in quarantine times. It was the feel-good news show, basically, where he was in his, you know, home office. He was at his house, and he was doing uh, just shows, like almost like The Daily Show, almost, yeah. but just all good, happy, feel-good news. And he did seven or eight episodes, and they were all kind of crowdfunded, I think, um, and then what do we hear that he sold it for millions and millions of dollars, the idea, and he's not going to be a part of it. Uh, oh, and he's not even going to be a part of it. So he signed on as executive producer, meaning he'll just maybe give a little money towards it. And then he okay. said, he'll do as much as he can to host, but that, I mean, that means that he's not doing anything. So 
a lot of people are really upset about this uh, because it's kind of like he cashed in on something and it just doesn't make sense. And so he came out and talked to his pal, Rain Wilson, you know, Dwight Schrute about it, saying that, you know, I you know wanted it to go on and this is what I did. But, you know, I think he said he, his goal was only to do eight shows, which I don't believe either, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, what do you think, Susan, about all this? Do you think he, like, sold out? I mean, yeah, granted, like, oh, shit, you know, there was a bidding war, allegedly, and he sold this this idea for millions and millions of dollars. And, I mean, I doubt he spent a penny on it. But, you know, it, just, it, it doesn't make sense to me. I think it's, I, I don't know, I'm kind of on the fence about it. To be honest, I'm not mad about it. I I, I don't feel like it's something – I feel like he did this during a time where he couldn't work. He stuck at home. But also he did it for like, okay, we need some good news. Let's do something happy. So I'm I'm almost just like – I mean, that's great that his project that was meant to be something just good for people to watch turned into – even bigger basically that that now it's gonna I, mean, I don't know i don't know exactly know what's gonna happen to it but i never believed that he was gonna do this forever i figured once the quarantine was over he was gonna get back to work and be too busy to even really keep keep this up so no of course like i i agree with that uh i think that he I, I do believe that he would have given this up once he went back to work and maybe brought it back once a month, once every two months, maybe, you know, just do like a fun show or something like that. But I just, it seems like, you know, like, let's say like Josh Gad is doing like his, he's bringing back, you know, nostalgic people to do uh, YouTube shows. What if somebody mm-hmm. offered him millions and millions of dollars to do that? Like, I mean, that's cool, but Josh Gad would be a part of it. Krasinski's not like they're going to get new hosts there. He's not Krasinski's not going to be a part of it. I would be yeah. shocked if he showed up in a first episode. Um, but I don't, I don't see it happening. And I think just people for it being crowdfunded and, you know, put on by the people. I just, it just seems like, I don't know, some, maybe these people should get money back. I don't know. I mean, if he could give it back, I don't know how many people gave, but that's also kind of goes back to the whole, like, do you do something like that? That's like GoFundMe. Like when you go fund something and if it does well, you don't expect like, oh, well, I donated, so I better get something back. Like, I mean, that's, that's charity. Like if you're donating to a crowdfunded thing, that's, that's kind of being like, it's like giving a gift and expecting a gift in return. Right. And I think the other aspect of why people are upset, maybe, is because this seemed like a, just a homegrown show. It was like you and mm-hmm. I on here right now having fun, making people smile. And now a giant corporation bought it and is going to, you know, you know, corporize, is that a word? Yeah. Uh, make it business-like and take all the life out of it. I think of what it is. So I don't know. And then- I think it and and I, I think it depends on what it becomes too. I feel like I can't, I, if, if I see it and it doesn't feel like the same show, if it just feels like, well, what the hell is this? Then yeah, then I'll be like, okay, it's not really even what the essence of that some good news was, but if they can just make it a better produced, same concept, same heart to the show, then I don't have a problem with it. I guess. No, I, I really think it's going to be daily show, but all happy news. No, nothing like 
bitter and political. I think it's going to be happy stories, but daily show style. That's what right. I'm imagining. Which I think we need more of, honestly. That's why I was so happy when uh, John Krasinski did, did this. But I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I understand it's going to get some backlash. But like I said, I, I would like to see what comes out of it. And if it's if it's not like what it was before, like way off, then maybe then I would be a little pissed. But I just I really wasn't surprised that that would happen because it was doing so well. And it was a great concept. No, it was. It was. We'll see. We'll see how what happens with it. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure at some point Krasinski's going to have to do more interviews and I'm sure people are going to bring it up. So yeah we'll see what happens brian you're salty about it though you're not you're not i'm not that. i'm not like too salty about it but i'm just kind of like eh, i mean why wouldn't he be a part of it i mean i think this would be good i mean he probably yes, just doesn't have time he's so busy jack ryan and his movies he's doing no i get it he is busy mm-hmm. uh i don't know yeah <laughs> it's just weird it's like oh can we everything that's good and wholesome has to be taken over by like a big conglomerate you know yeah which kind of sucks so yeah. oh well there there you go there you go we'll we'll, we'll move on let's move on because uh the the susan the susan stevens here she is big into the bachelor and the bachelorette and i do i do believe that there are some bachelor bachelorette news this week which is interesting because i feel like there's bachelor bachelorette news every week yeah <laughs> it's crazy there's always some bachelor news well I'm sad to say for people who watch Colton's season of The Bachelor, we watched him fall in love with Cassie and they have been together. They were together for over a little over a year and they just broke up last week. Yeah. Okay. It was I in know. their contract. They had to stay together for a year. And then no, I, couples usually break up like pretty quickly after that show is done. And then, you know, it was like, I mean, Peter and Madison didn't even like, date like it was really bad it was like horrible or and like him and his he, he got engaged and they broke up in like two months like it was no colton cassie especially if you follow them on social media you kind of really thought they were going to be the real deal but um i mean i don't know why they broke up they said it was amicable it was they're both going to be in each other's lives we'll see um but colton was known for being the virgin bachelor and we know there that was a virgin bachelor that's how old was they, he he was 27 i believe what yeah how and does, how i i mean by choice man it was just oh it was, it was by choice i don't fucking believe that no oh if you see this guy this guy could have had sex like <laughs> He's a football player, super ripped. Like most people, when he was on when he was on the Bachelorette competing, most of the people I knew that were watching it thought he was the hottest. And I was like, he's not my type. I don't like that super muscly. But um, yeah, I just uh, they loved him. But I think that by choice, he wanted to fall in love. He wanted to be in love. So um, that's a oh, thing, Brian. That's so a much. thing. Missing out on so much. That is a thing. <laughs> well, anyways, so we know. <laughs> they you make might, me laugh. They pretty much, it's it's kind of there that he, you know, lost it to Cassie, I'm pretty sure. Whatever. That's, that's my guess. But um, that's, that's part of the other, like, oh, man. Oh, well. So well, I wish him the best. But uh, 
typically around now, they'd probably be finishing up Bachelorette, which was supposed to be Claire Crawley's season, but obviously got postponed. So uh, instead, they are doing like best of like highlights, basically, starting on June 8th, which this is great for you, Brian. You can finally catch up on some Bachelor. Monday nights, they're going to pick like the best Bachelor and Bachelorette seasons and basically condense them, like do like a sum up of their season in one night in three hours. So they'll just like, yeah. And then I guess supposedly while they do that, they will check in on the couples like kind of via the Zoom or whatever and, and see how people are doing and things like that. So... I mean, I'll probably watch just because I love everything Bachelor, Bachelorette, Um, (laughs) but it's something to watch too. It's funny because, you know, watching Big Brother the last few seasons, you know, there's romances on there. They call them showmances. Hmm. And the, the last one they did, which was, would be last year, the person who won was in a showmance for, or a romance with somebody for the whole show. And on the final episode when he won and everybody got to come out and stuff like that, the question was asked by Julie Chen, are y'all going to stay together? And they were both like, Oh, we'll take each day. And I'm like, Oh hell no, they're not. That was all, you know, it's, it's <laughs> so funny no. to me. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. But like when you see him in the show, it's just like inseparable. I love you and stuff like that. So it's all, it's all, it's all, it's all fake. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know there, but there are some legit couples out of that show no, that, that are like, together with kids happy still for sure for sure maybe one percent or two percent like it's we'll say but yeah (laughs) higher than that so bachelor and bachelor specials with there you go right there let's move on to a little ryan gosling news no it's not romance it's not romance (laughs) ryan gosling it's full-on hairy ryan gosling he's going to be uh allegedly making or not making but starring in a werewolf movie for universal meaning it's the classic you know the universal classic werewolf man the wolf man uh so they're revisiting that you know the last time they did that was with the benicio del toro Mm -hmm. and uh i don't know how i feel about this i was looking up to see who's doing this there's no director attached yet but they have writers and I'm just, I don't like, I don't like where this is going already. (laughs) So two writers have pinned the script. Lauren uh, Blum, who's married to Jason Blum of Blumhouse and Rebecca Angelo. Uh, These two women, the only thing they've ever done was co-write one season of Orange is the New Black. It's the only thing they've ever done. And so I don't know how they got this job or if they're really into horror and universal monsters, but uh, I, I don't know where this is going. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know how in Hollywood because I'm not a Hollywood screenwriter, but I, yeah. I'll, I'll be the first to say I'm a fan of Orange is the New Black from season one through its final season. I'm a fan. Like I watched it all. I reviewed them. I enjoyed it. Um, but how does it happen? How do, how does somebody like these two get the wolf man? Do you know, Susan? Well, I think you just kind of maybe said it. You said somebody's married to Jason uh, Blum. Yeah. Lauren Shucker Blum is married to Jason Blum. 
that's probably how. I mean, he makes great movies. Right. So if if Ryan Gosling it is in is a fan or is like finds his work very respectable or something, then that might just be all it takes because if his wife is d- doing something, I'm sure he's going to be involved too. Like he's going to be there. Right. So I'm reading what nothing's really known about it. However, I've heard that this new Wolfman script uh, is kind of similar to Network from 1976 and Jake Hall's Nightcrawler from 2014. And I okay. guess Gosling might play an anchorman or TV anchor who becomes a werewolf. So I wonder he's covering something and gets bitten by a werewolf. I don't know. It's kind of kind of cool. Uh, Sounds very campy, but I'm, uh, <laughs> I honestly, everything you were saying, I was like, I'm in, I'm in. No, for sure. Like I'm one of my favorite characters is the Wolfman from the Universal Monsters. I'm pretty sure that's my favorite. Uh, and this will be a new take if Blum, you know, is part of it. I yeah, who knows? I'm just I'm so curious. I, my my mind when two people have done one comedy type of dramatic thing and that's their only credit ever and they get this big yeah. thing it just it my mind goes Phew. like there's a whole talent pool of horror writers and maybe they need a new take on it so here we go. And of right. course Ryan Gosling. I'm So when I see Ryan Gosling <laughs> Susan when you look at Ryan Gosling and you see him in movies, I cannot picture him doing a transformation, screaming at the top of his lungs in pain. I kind of see him just very stoic and like, what up? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, I, I think Ryan Gosling is one of those actors that's just really versatile too. Like, I, I mean, think about where he started from. Like, remember him and like, remember the Titans and stuff? He used to be like this skinny little goof. He was a Disney person, Disney dude. Yeah, yeah, he was in Mickey Mouse Club. So, I mean, now he's more like, I mean, I feel like ever since The Notebook, he's been considered as this like pretty buff, like suave guy, but... And then he he did a ton of violent movies like Drive yeah, he's and Only violent God. films. Like I I would love actually it gets me excited. I really want to see him be this like ridiculous like like whatever he's gonna do. I think Susan just got excited. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Gosling, rawr. I hope he sounds just like that when he roars, <laughs> kind of like a young Simba. <laughs> <laughs> oh that was good that was funny <laughs> i think he'll do a good job though uh i hope so i know i'm sure i like ryan gosling so uh, i'm sure i wonder what kind of jacket he'll wear he wears jackets in every movie right. so i don't know about the script i don't that doesn't i say he will do a good job well to tbd on what we actually get as a screenplay Correct, correct. It's it's when I when I read that I'm like, who are these people? I had to look them up. I'm like, whoa, they both co-wrote one season of Orange is the New Black. What's happening? So good season. So it it was I think an episode from 2016 or 2017. So it was kind of like in the middle of their shows. But I I don't know. It's like 
Orange and New Black, Universal Monster, Wolfman. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So we got that. Um, and then there's some newer stuff coming out, newer news. We have the last final season of Fuller House. We have the new uh, season of 13 Reasons Why. And, of uh-huh. course, um, the Snyder Cut on HBO Max is coming out next year, which is ridiculous and hilarious and all sorts of funny so fuller house final season are people getting naked will we see the olsen twins uh i don't think anything about the olsen twins i haven't yet to watch so i watch fuller house which just because i'm a big fan of uh steve and dj which they left off on them getting engaged so i'm excited to watch i hope they get married i I always wanted them together so that's kind of my little excitement but the show's terrible just fyi it's like nothing like to me it's nowhere near as good as the original and it's horrible writing like it's painful but um they are apparently going to address the missing aunt becky uh but i don't think it's anything as like shocking i think it's like she's out of town in Nebraska or something where her hometown is. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I, I pretty much when I watch Fuller House, I leave it on and I get through it and I look up when I'm seeing Steven DJ. There you go. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll figure out if the Olsen twins will make an appearance. My bet is no, no, they're not um, going to. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, 13 reasons why yeah. no controversial show on Netflix. Have you ever uh, seen it? No, I've never seen it. First season is like amazing. It's really good. Um, the second is solid. The third, they should have stopped after the second. Um, and I don't know what they're going to do in this final season because I think that they're really desperate to keep going. Um, but it's it's a good – like the, the kids are good actors. I think that they do a pretty good job of um, like – so far they've done a good job of keeping like a mystery uh to where like you want to keep going um i just feel like at this point i'm like i don't care just wrap it up so i i i'm i'm ready to watch it i'm more excited about that than fuller house but all right yeah so those are coming out and then of course when hbo max right before it debuted they announced that zach snyder's cut of batman v superman you know mm-hmm. or not batman v superman i'm sorry justice uh, league justice league yeah. because you know uh, Zack snyder the director had to leave midway through because he had a tragedy in the family and joss whedon uh took over and made the movie mm-hmm. and everybody was up in a up in arms about it and so they're releasing the snyder cut they're spending about 30 million dollars on redoing it i'm pretty sure it's not going to be anything special it's going to be an assembly cut of just different scenes and how it's made i don't know what they're doing but uh, i don't expect something like 20 minutes longer or new scenes or anything like that but it <laughs> the yeah. internet lost its mind when, what, when does it come out next year next year next summer Oh, it doesn't even come out this... I thought it was coming out soon. Damn. No. So, you know, I got HBO Max and for $15, if you don't have HBO, it is unbelievable because you get all of HBO, you get tons of uh, Warner Brothers, DC, anime, 
TV shows like Fresh Prince. There's a lot of great stuff to it. However, original content exclusive to HBO Max, there's only like four things and none of it's good. So there's that aspect of it. I think there should have been a bigger rollout for original content, but there's, it's such a gigantic catalog of stuff um, that it's definitely worth purchasing, I think. So there's that. Um, And then of course, uh, our last little bit of news here, we're going to jump in to, you know, the the whole craziness of the riots, the protests, the death of George Floyd, all of that. Um, So, but before we get into, you know, movies about, you know, the similar elements, uh, we've been noticing that Hollywood studios, movie studios, streaming services are coming out in support of the protesters and everything. So we think that's a good idea. Do you have any info on that, Susan? Yeah, it kind of started like I really think like Netflix and Hulu and YouTube, they were pretty early on at uh, sending out statements, um, HBO, but now it's like Paramount, Universal, A24, uh, all of them. Like literally, I think almost all the movie studios have mentioned that they are with their um you know, African-American employees and, and people, and they are supporting Black Lives Matter. And then on top of that, I also noticed like companies are now coming out and saying like, I got an email from Tiff Street saying how they're donating to the, like all the organizations and things like that. So, and like almost every company is coming out, like Beachbody is doing it. And it's kind of, it, it's amazing just that everybody is showing their support. No, I, I agree with that. Um, and on the wrestling side of things, WWE hasn't really set a stance on no. that yet just because the McMahons uh, who own WWE were Donald Trump's biggest supporters financially, um, which is why Vince's wife is the head of the SBA um, of, the com- of, the, of the country. But their rival, or not rivals, but the other company, AEW All Elite Wrestling, has definitely shown support of that as well as other causes. And they've even recently um, have fired a couple people for even talking badly about, um, about the, the protests, that they are no longer welcome and no longer have a job. So that- The WWE did that? No, AEW. Oh, E-A-E-W, okay. Yeah, AEW, All Elite Wrestling. Um, WWE, there's been a couple people that have tweeted out stuff like in support of trump and everything and then wwe itself hasn't said anything but other wrestlers have definitely called them out on social media well have you seen uh did you see the most hilarious is seth rogan's uh yes that was hilarious so seth rogan posted something and like black lives matter and then his twitter feed was met with a ton of you know all lives matter and then he responded to everybody tell him the fuck off fuck you you don't understand you're a piece of shit like it was great he was well it was just like if you don't understand why you know like it's black lives matter and not all lives matter something like that then feel free to unfollow me and like people were like i don't agree unfollow and so be like good fuck off you know like just like and it's, I was like, that's amazing, man. Oh, there, there are people who are doing that, and that's good. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, the entertainment services and uh, people were starting to see, you know, if they're donating and 
speaking up, which is good. So we'll, we're, yeah. we're, we're speaking up here too. Yeah. <laughs> so let, let's, let's move into our main topics. Uh, this is all about tolerance and anti-racism. And I'm going to let Susan take this because I know she had some really good questions and topics to bring up through this. So take yeah. it away. Well, honestly, with all this going on, I, I think the biggest thing that to like that's important to remember is I I truly believe this that people aren't born racist. You're taught racist. And I to I completely agree with you because so, when you see when you were a kid and a, you know a little kid, little toddler, and stuff like that, you're I mean my my best friend growing up, my next door neighbor was black and. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't see color, you know, you're just like, oh, you want to hug them and, you know, do everything. And then when you're with family or other older people, you start to hear things and then mm -hmm. your little mind just kind of mimics that and you're just that way. Right. Yeah. It's one of those things that like, honestly, I mean, and I know we're not necessarily supposed to be saying that, but like, I never thought about people's race as much. It's just been like... Because I grew up in Irving, which uh, going to school in like elementary school in Irving, it is a very diverse city. Like uh, white was not, there wasn't as many white kids, I would say. There was a lot of Hispanic, African-American. Um, it was just, a, it was a melting pot, you know, and, or Asians, you know, something like that. And so it really, it never phased me, like anything as far as, as as a one race being more superior than the other, basically. Um, yeah, that's that's just not true. It yeah, is, it is it, not true. Everybody's right? Everybody's equal. Everybody's <laughs> equal. So it never phased me. So I'm just like, and unluckily, I was raised to treat everybody with like kindness and respect. And that was one thing I thought about. Basically, how do you think? Because I do believe that we are taught to be, you know, tolerant and treat people with respect. How have your parents, how do you think your parents did it? How do you think they raised you to not be a racist? They raised me to hate everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't. No, they were, uh, especially my mother. Um, mm -hmm. She's kind of ahead of her time. And, you know, she was always like, you know, we're, everybody's the same. Nobody, mm -hmm. you know, it's more, you know, you don't judge anybody, you know, unless they're, an asshole or a jerk yeah. you know and maybe even then they're having a bad day so you know growing up it's you're you're like, like you and I you know we're growing up Jewish at least yeah. at least through grade school and high school you know people had never met in Garland at least a Jew and so and even in Kansas when I went to college people were like where are your horns you know stuff like that or they would write in your yearbook Jesus is the answer and oh Judaism is a race not a religion and you're just like oh my god wow so it, you know you get that and I'm sure you know you've told me stories of going through school and I I just think people are sheltered. They don't know mm -hmm. any better. Their parents didn't teach them. So what my parents taught me is, you know, there's so many different cultures and fascinations, you know, take, take that, learn about it. You know, nobody has it right, you know, just like yeah. learn and see what you like. Everybody, no matter what religion or what they believe in or what color of their skin is, they're, they're just like you, you know, yeah. just, you know. 
Yeah. And that's really how my parents did it too. I mean, you know, we're obviously we're Iranian and that's, you know, growing up, we're very, both my parents are very non-confrontational people too, but they're very nice. And they, they always instilled that in me that you always treat someone the way you would want to be treated. Never be mean. Like, I feel like that was something that was so, especially my dad, he's always like, don't, don't, even if I said I was getting like mad at someone at school or something, be nice. Don't, don't be mean to them. Don't be mean. Like, and it's just, even when we would watch things and I feel like they would take that opportunity. We would be watching something as a family and they'd be like, you see, you see how that's wrong. Like never treat somebody that way. That's you, you, you know, and I know that one thing I don't know if you knew this, but like being a Persian, you know, when sometimes you have to fill out like the race card, like what ethnicity you are, we are technically supposed to put white, um, which was always really hard for me to put because I was like, I'm not white though. And like, I remember them being like, but that's what you're supposed to put. And I'm like, it just feels really weird. Uh, now, if I, if I see, I mean, obviously if there's an other option, you can do that. But sometimes there's literally just white, African-American, and like Hispanic or, or Asian American, which I would always be like, like, you know, I don't know. Like I, so I don't know. It's just, um, I'm really grateful that my, that my parents raised me to be, um, kind to others and never even, like I said, it never even phased me the race thing. Like it really didn't probably not until, I mean, middle school, I experienced it when nine 11 happened. And then, probably high school is when I really, like you said, like you start, uh, maybe it'll still even middle school when you start hearing things and you're like, okay. No, there's definitely that, that aspect. I remember one of my mother's things like, you know, coming home and telling her like, Oh, these kids said these things at school. And then her sure thing was like sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And I always tell, I still take that to heart, like literally, because I'm like, that's very true. You know, like you get a broken arm, whatever, but you know, words aren't going to do anything to you. And that's why I've learned to laugh about it all. Like, it's just like somebody is clearly not educated or they're thinking this way. And I, I know what's right. <laughs> You're good at that. You are really good at like, I can tell you are very good at brushing stuff off, especially, I mean, sometimes you're just, I don't know, you're better at that than me. I'm very sensitive and my go-to is crying. <laughs> <So> <laughs> crying or getting really quiet and be like, what? <laughs> like, I, I'm not a good, somebody was like rude to me or calls me something. I, I like shut down. <laughs> No, and I, I laugh at it. I was like, okay, they could be bad, you know? <laughs> so I, I, yeah. So I think, I think your parents and my parents really raised us the right way. And just like yeah. seeing them in action, interact with other people, uh, other cultures in a good way, and just like being part of something else. And I think that's good. I think that's, uh, a good thing. And I think it's, I mean, I think everybody progresses even more so as time gets on. Cause you know, you know, it just, you know, I think we're a product of our time and place. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think people who have one thought, 
you know, 30 years ago can change their minds, you know, like even with racism or even the uh, gay, lesbian, queer stuff, Yeah, you know, like, cause you know, back then we would say words and we wouldn't mean, like mean it, it would mean a different thing. Uh, but I think as time goes on, we begin to understand where these people come from. They're more in the limelight. We, un- we understand and we're, we move on, we move mm-hmm. forward. I mean, there's definitely, and it's only a small fraction of people, I think, that are truly extremist in that yeah. regard of racism. And I do believe there's probably secret racists here and there. I'm sure there's, you know, in groups that we know that are yeah. maybe secretly, but um, I think this time is really telling about all this. But yes, I de- you're not born racist at all. If you ever yeah. seen any video or met any kids, they don't they do not know what that is. They're they're meant to love. Like right. even watching, you know, that horrible documentary about those parents that killed that little kid. I'm not even watch that, but I know what you're talking about. The the violence that kid suffered, and he was never violent, like or mean right. towards anybody. He just wanted to be loved and love somebody. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think you're born, or I think it's just later in life by way of you know right. older adults doing things. Exactly. I mean, that's how I think about. It. I'm like, I innately like. I mean, that's again. You bring up the you know gay rights things like that, like that's never been a question to me. Like, cause I'm like, why? I just, I don't understand discrimination to anybody. Like that's no, what yeah. I just, I, I'm baffled by it. Why some people can care so much. No, I agree. No, it doesn't make sense because I mean, I've had gay people in my family and I've known about mm-hmm. it, you know, since I was younger and they were really scared to tell me at a young age. And yeah. I was like, you're still you, like whatever. Exactly. Like you love who you love right. and who's anybody else to say who, you love to love and I've you know people say things oh they just want tax benefits and you're just like well look at the military military people get married for tax benefits for no reason just before they go off to war I was like people have the right to love who they love like it's a thing like and they they have the right issue yeah and they have the right to have all the same rights that we have right everybody does and I love Lewis Black the comedian Lewis Black said a great thing about it about gay uh, gay rights and the rights Mm -hmm. to get married and it was like that that issue should be on the on the American list under uh, are we eating too much garlic as a people? <laughs> <laughs> That's like how big of a non-issue that is. Like, yeah. you know, like there it should, there's, I thought that was just really funny how we put it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, out of all the issues we have to get to in America, gay rights should be under are we eating too much garlic? <laughs> absolutely there you go so it was just it was funny and and it's I don't know why it was a big thing why it should be it's that way with tons of things you know with uh, Planned Parenthood and women's rights like Mm -hmm. who are the government who are the men to decide these things like it does it doesn't make sense so it really doesn't it's it's a it's a long overhaul it needs to be overhauled yeah. And I feel like it's a little bit, it makes me really, well, for the most part, be proud of my, like our occupation as critics, because I do think the film critic community is more open-minded with that kind of stuff because of the movies we have to watch. I feel like watching the things we have to see, you have to, you have to be open-minded. Otherwise, don't get me wrong, there's definitely some bad seats that are whatever 
that they're going to be like, I don't like this movie because whatever it's the too much racism, like it's making the white people look bad or something like that. But I just feel like that's a blessing for us that we're able to already kind of everybody, a lot of people in our colleagues, I think kind of have the same mindset because of our job. We're supposed to watch all these films and be open-minded with every character that we see, every topic that's uh, represented. So, Right. And I think we have a, a and I, I would imagine that most of us, not all, but most of us are highly educated and are cerebral in a way that we can look at both sides, step out of the box and contemplate it all in a productive way Mm -hmm. so that brings us to movies and tv shows you could watch uh today like this as all this is going on to inspire promote and understand what everyone's going through from the black community to everyone else how you can get inspired why it's happening why it needs to happen (laughs) stuff like that oh the bug dogs (laughs) Oh, wait, you cut out. Sorry, sorry. Oh, she wants to get involved too. So, yeah. Um, she's she crazy. So, <laughs> she got excited. <laughs> she got excited. Uh, so, um, are these movies important that we're going to talk about that, you know, uh, talk about and discuss tolerance, racism, protests, and stuff like that? Do you think these are an important part of the cinematic world? Yeah. So important. Um, for me, besides my parents and my brother and sister who also helped like me, taught me tolerance, film and TV, I feel like I just, I learned so much from, it was like another like avenue of like learning from, but I feel like uh, that was another way that I learned just getting to see not only how it's wrong to be racist, but also just different cultures on screen. Just just again, like more than ever, I think everybody's getting more represented. Uh, and I love that. I think that's what needs to keep happening. Um, because I do think I grew up with watching a lot of white leads and not feeling like seeing myself ever. But yeah, I just think that it's a, it's a really great tool to enlighten people and show what that there are all sorts of different people out there that are just like everybody else and kind of teach people the difference between wrong and right as well. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree with you. I, I movies and TV are, I would consider, you know, like my religion almost mm-hmm. because, you know, we learn from them. We inspired by them. We like to do better by them mm-hmm. uh, and gives us ideas of how to do things. Uh, yeah. And so what do you think, are the most important movies to watch these days? So I made like a list of, well, I just, um, I mean, it was on here, but you know, I know that uh, Warner Brothers, I believe, is releasing Just Mercy. Yeah, you can rent it for yeah, free for right free. now, which is awesome because I watched that last year. It, yeah, we both reviewed it. And so I have, I reviewed it, and then I had a writer who's, uh, is a, uh, not was a prosecutor, but it now um, is a defender, public defender. And I believe partially because of this movie or this story, um, because 
of how like injustice and you know color of skin and how police officers are not really looking for the truth but just mm-hmm. somebody dependent on and that movie is very important now it is and it's so funny because i watched it last year and i remember it was i watched it with trevor and i remember crying in his arms when i was done because i was like this stuff is still happening and it wasn't like anything was really as i mean nothing was in the news yet and then you come and you see ahmed aubrey i mean brianna taylor's thing you know and then like uh, obviously what happened with george floyd is just like this kind of shit just keeps on happening like it's just so terrible. So, uh, Just Mercy is a really great film, very timely and and must see for everybody right now. Like, really, there's no excuse. It's free. Go watch it. I agree. I agree. Go watch Just Mercy. It's really good. Um, I have The Hate You Give. Wonderful I, movie too, and a book. It's a book as well, so people can read it. Um, that's another tough watch, but that's actually one I think should be shown in schools. I think that is a great one to to help um, high school kids kind and of it, understand. And it, and it goes back to what we were saying earlier. Kids will follow what adults do. Yes, they do. Um, the Black Klansman. Fantastic, funny, dramatic Spike Lee movie that – punches you in the face in the gut and the privates at the end yeah. hardcore it's so good and i will always resonate with that that scene that adam driver says i'm sure you know which one i'm talking about when he's like you know because they also are he's jewish and they're you know like he has to pretend to just be like a white guy but it's just sad when he has the realization he's like talking uh, to the guy and just being like I've never, I never realized, like, I I just thought, like, I never thought about it. Like, I'm Jewish. Like, I never realized that it could be anything, like, so negative. And it's just, there's that, that scene is really uh, powerful. It kind of just puts the whole film in perspective. But uh, I like the Green Book. I think the Green Book is a great one, too. I like the Green Book, too. I mean, it it was a good movie. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The Help. Is a great great one. <laughs> I, I'm get, the, I'll go ahead and get out of the way. The help and hidden figures. I know they're very like Disney feeling, but they're great. But you brought up one um, earlier. Remember the Titans? I was about to say, yeah, it's on my list. Remember yeah. the Titans is one of the best. Well, that was one I uh, I really I I watched a lot of like stuff when I was younger. I, I, and I'll get to like TV that impacted, but remember the Titans, I was really young when I watched that one. And I just feel like, God, make your kids watch these now. Like remember sure. the Titans. No, so that's good. good. And Disney did such a perfect job of that movie showing severe hatred towards another race without ever using harsh words. Mm-hmm. And it made, and it did really well. Um, and it like came we across really well. No, I, I love that movie. I think yeah. I saw that movie three times in the theater when it came out. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's a true story. Um, yeah. But it's a good movie about coming together and realizing that uh, you're, you're just brothers and sisters together, no matter what, I mean, no matter your color of your skin, it doesn't matter. Right, right. And another one that would be great for kids, and I know this is my nephew loves the movie, and I think it's just a really shows about like not judging anybody, but The Greatest Showman. The reason I really love that movie, besides the music being so great, is that is what the moral of the film is. Like that 
people, there is racism in there as well, but also just that they call these people freaks that are in the circus. And it's just teaching you, like, I always ask like my nephew, he's always like, I love the greatest show. And I always ask him like, well, what do you take away from that? What do you think is like the message? And he's like, don't treat anybody uh, different. And like, even if they're, even if they look different or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, like just, I don't know. I think that's a really good one. I agree. I agree. I think that's a great one. Yeah. And Um, then I'll just say the final one is get out. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So get out is wonderful because I mean, of course it's Jordan Peele. It's, it's a great original film. And I just like that, you know, at the beginning of the movie, it's almost like guess who's coming to dinner. And then it just kind of goes because when, you know, he goes to meet her family and it's just really funny you know like you it's probably true like oh yeah we voted for obama twice oh my god (laughs) and like you know there's like they're they're saying that to get approval and like say that they're hip and cool but there's racism about that too i think yeah well it's an ignorant remark it's like would you say that to are you like you're just it's like you're trying to prove to me you're not racist so are you racist no for sure for sure but i mean we know how that movie turned out right uh which was fantastic (laughs) the best movies ever people yeah no it's great it's great um and it's uh no that's a good 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 choice there look Mm -hmm. at you susan steven i had a lot i I had to limit myself and i know that was a lot so no yeah no you're doing well so oh hold on hold on somebody's at the door i'm gonna pause real quick i'm so sorry yeah what happened so so my ups driver um or my ups guy we've become really good friends like we he would have been invited to the wedding but we just started talking at the wedding um like we just like started talking like two weeks prior to the wedding but we become such good friends like he's come to the suite at american airlines center he's oh i didn't really really, yeah so he's really close and he's a black dude and so he he um we were talking about what we're talking about so it was um you know he got a little teary and stuff like that oh my god so because i just asked him like what do you think about all this and stuff and he's you know Mm -hmm. like you know the protest is peaceful just like just do what martin luther king did and stuff like that it's been going on for a long time and it was good so it was good to kind of talk i i feel like i had to talk to him for a little bit yeah so, cause I hadn't seen him in a, a week or two. So, um, though, so he's trying to so do UPS. He, I guess he tries to get home by curfew. So, um, so yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's all right. I was like, damn, I'm assuming you got your laptop. I did. I did. Uh, <laughs> he came in he saw bug and, uh, it was good. So, uh, okay. so, all right, there you go. Sorry about that. <laughs> that's fine. Are you able to like pick up just like from that? Yeah, because I think he rang the doorbell right when I was about to start talking. Your movies? Yeah. Okay. Is that correct? Because I don't think. Yeah, I yeah, we were anyone. on your movies, I yeah. believe. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. All right. <laughs> Three, two, one. <laughs> so that that's a fantastic list of movies, Susan, and you kind of nailed it on the head. And all these movies are important and really good to watch. Yeah. Like I love, I love, um, I love uh, 
oh my goodness uh, <laughs> remember the titans remember the titans remember the like, titans so yeah uh, i just I, I love watching that just like yearly if not more mm-hmm. um so and then you you know you mentioned black klansman and stuff like that with adam driver and his jewishness and stuff like that it's just spike lee knows what he's doing he does so um so some of mine that I think are important to watch, I mean, I'm trying to feel like if I have like a lighthearted one, it's kind of hard to do that. But like the mo- the yeah. recent movie Detroit with John Boyega, um, do you remember that one? I, I couldn't stomach it. Just the trailer made me, because I'm, I'm really, they're very hard to watch. I know they're important. They are. But I, yeah, that one looked tough. No, that movie is really uh, tough to get through because the police officers in that are just true villains. Right, right. And you're just like, what's happening? How, what, what, what's going on? Um, another one that, you know, is good and is Martin Luther King is Selma. You know, oh, yeah, I that's think, a great one. I think mm-hmm. that's good and it's about the march, you know, the, the long walk. And I just think that, you know, it tells something it's what people are doing now. They're not looting, they're not rioting, they're just walking, showing support and awareness and I think it's a good way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, uh, Steve McQueen's Hunger. You remember that movie, Hunger, with um, oh, what's his name, uh, the British actor that we like. He's he's in uh, Prometheus. Both of them. Is that, it's not Vincent Castle, is it? No, uh, mm-hmm. he he's in Prometheus. He's um the oh uh oh my gosh, what am I? <laughs> I know he's exactly a, who you're talking about. I think he's in uh, 300. <laughs> X Men. He's Magneto. Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. So yeah. Hunger. Yeah, it was. You know, it's a protest in jail. Uh, there, where he starves himself. I think mm-hmm. that's another good protest movie. Where yeah. kind of at the same principle, not mm-hmm. doing anything violent. Um, I also think, of course, the the great movie uh, also by Spike Lee, Do the Right Thing. I think yeah. that is more relevant than ever uh-huh. where, you know, police brutality, just some, just a peaceful black guy with a radio, Radio yeah. Rahim is choked out choked by out. the police for no reason, just for standing there. And then yeah. I think in a riot situation or looting situation. I mean, it's just, it's all this anger throwing that, that trash can through the window. I just, it's like something that needed to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, that's a, a, a great, great film. And I think those are just top notch type stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, uh, and I'm trying to think of like TV moments. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of TV moments where there's, you know, race, racial stuff. Like I even think, um, like even in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I know we bring yeah. that show off, but there's an episode where uh, Will and Carlton are going mm-hmm. to rush a fraternity and the fraternity brothers don't want Carlton because he's too white. Um, yeah. And do you remember that? Like that was racist. Like that. Yeah, was, it is. That, yeah. Well, that's something that's important to remember. You can be racist on the other end too. I mean, it, it is. I mean, it's more often the other way, but still, yeah, that is, that's racist. No, I, I think that was a good moment of teaching. And I've I, been watching since HBO Max Fresh Prince, and that Fresh Prince was ahead of its time, man. <laughs> like, I'm telling you. It was. You. 
Yeah. Well, there was another Fresh Prince uh, episode where actually both Carlton and uh, Will, they were driving, they get pulled over by a cop. That's right. And Carlton is like, you know, because he is kind of very like that white mindset because they're very, they're privileged that, you know, obviously they're, he's like, whatever he has, he's like, oh, this officer's going to be fine. Hello, officer. And it's just, they get like, I can't remember, did they get arrested or did they just get like, I can't remember what all happened to them, but you know, Carlton didn't understand why that was happening to him. And Will, obviously, from what he, he grew up, he knew. knew. He was like, dude, you're not handling this right at all. And Yeah, and Uncle Phil had to talk to him about it. Exactly. Yeah. That was the thing. That was I remember him being like, Dad, like, why did this happen? Like, I don't understand. No, and that, I mean, that's happening today. I mean, it's even showcased, not in the TV, but the movie Boys in the Hood. You know, like the black cops pulling over the black uh the the black kids and being racist towards them like yeah. there's, it's pretty crazy mm-hmm. and i think that this mentality of violence only promotes more violence and that's why i'm so for a different uh prison system of more rehabilitation than just throw away lock up the key, or throw away the key lock them up and you know breadcrumbs and water like there needs right. to be education and reform uh, and a rehabilitation because I think people can do that. And yeah. I think other countries have adopted that, but we have not yet at all. Yeah. Did you have any other TV at all? Um, I was trying to think of some other TV. I mean, I know The Office have, has done like their own. <laughs> There's you know, is lighthearted. Yeah. Yeah. Lighthearted of like diversity and stuff like that, you know, and they get it all out there. But I'm trying to think of like television. Have you, do you have any television? Well, I was just going to say, because they're both on, uh, well, Family Matters is on Hulu, and uh, I recently had rewatched that a few years back, and that was also another one ahead of its time, but there is an episode two, which, like, Family Matters, the dad is a cop, and when his son, Eddie, uh, gets pulled over and everything, I think he's, like, arrested, like, laid down on the ground and everything for really nothing, that one was an interesting uh, episode because the dad didn't even believe his son at first. Like he was like, well, what did you do? Like that the cop did that, you know, maybe you were speeding, maybe you, whatever. Cause he didn't want to believe in his own precinct. Like that was happening and you come to find out. Yeah, it was a racist cop, but um, one, one, one that is a little bit lighthearted uh, smart guy is on Disney plus. I love that show. And they presented a much like lighter way, like kind of comical, but also very real. Yvette, who's a sister in the show, she um, she gets uh, a job at a clothing store. She gets hired and her white friend as, as well. But basically the owner is like, she has the white girl have to follow all the black customers. And she's like, why do I have to do that? She's like, you know, because they tend, they need more attention. They need more attention to make sure. And um, basically it's a really great episode. It's, they do, they handle that really well. I, I agree. I think uh, there, there is that for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I like that. Uh, Even in WWE, there was a character named Jack Swagger, Jack Swagger, who for a little bit of time, his gimmick 
not personally, mind you, this was a gimmick where he was against immigration and people of color. And he would have a manager who was very Duck um, Dynasty-like, who was against. So at the end of the day, uh, he would get his ass kicked. And, you know, the crowd would go crazy, you know? Uh And uh, so, I mean, I... That was maybe five years, six years ago, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he doesn't do that character anymore. He's actually an AEW and he's a UFC guy. But um, yeah, there was that moment of that. But I think throughout the storytelling, you could hear the audience, you know, audibly booing it, uh-huh. uh, you know, just because it was so over the top. But there are people over the top like that. Right. So I think there's stuff like that. And I was trying to think if there was something in Scrubs with uh, Turk and JD. I mean, I know it's all lighthearted and fun, but I don't think so, really. Yeah, I don't think they ever did that. I don't know. There's definitely, there's more, there's like, there's a Disney movie called The Color of Friendship that was like really well-received. I mean, there's there's a lot. And I honestly, I just have to come back to watch this stuff, like make your kids watch this when you're young. I mean, watch it now as adults, but also I just feel like that was a very big benefit for me because I watched like TGIF was really good about that. The TGIF lineup touched on good moral and issues and stuff. Uh, And then I just think the better, the sooner you can get people to watch the, the, the earlier, like it'll get ingrained quicker. Right. I agree. Um, So I think, in that aspect, as we're talking about tolerance and anti-racism, mm-hmm. that leads us into our blind watch. <laughs> uh, because yeah. there is that in this movie that we picked. So it was picked by yours truly. There is. <laughs> there is. I don't know no, if it's, it's a good thing, though, honestly. It's like... No, but I mean, so we're going to compare it to a movie that came out recently. There's been three of those movies, and there's that in it, too. But it's all done in tongue-in-cheek. And we'll talk about why, you know, for the for its time, why it was that way. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, like if it was made today, I mean, so so we're going to be talking about, it's a movie called Collision Course, and I'm sure none of you have seen this. Both uh, Susan and I have not seen this movie, uh, but it is from 1989, and it is a movie called Collision Course. And basically, this movie before rush hour came out in the 90s in 2000s collision course is basically rush hour but made in 1989 starring mr miyagi pat morita from the karate kid and jay leno before jay leno was jay leno on the talk show and it's kind of very the same almost exact story and setup where you know you have an American police detective and then somebody from Asia coming over cultures clash and they're trying to track down the same kind of a uh, villain. And yeah. of course there's all the, you know, stuff that goes in with cultures coming together and not seeing eye to eye and all the stereotypes type of thing. So that's, that's collision course. I cannot believe I've never seen this movie. And when I was looking for our blind watch to this past week, <laughs> I, I saw this, I'm like, Holy shit. They made a movie with Jay Leno and uh, a police buddy cop movie. No way. And I'm going to say it's actually not a bad movie. Like it's funny. I mean, it's severely dated. Uh, yes, very but dated. I think 
and it's you know stars people you relatively don't know like Jay Leno is a stand-up comic and he became you know an icon but this this movie was before that so uh that's kind of what this movie it was directed by a guy named Louis Teague uh who I guess he directed the horror movie Cujo the Stephen King uh thing Cujo oh. and the Jewel of the Nile and Navy Seals <laughs> <laughs> But he also directed this movie called Collision Course. So, first off, just initial thoughts, Susan, of the movie. Don't get into the synopsis or scenes. Just your initial thoughts on seeing this movie coming off of Ricky O. Oh, coming off of Ricky O? It's a movie. That is what I've got. <laughs> it's a movie. It's, it's, that's nice. There's a plot. There's different things happening. There's way better acting. It's like, cohesive. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was very refreshing. I enjoyed that I could just sit there and just really watch a movie. Um, yeah. So it was, yeah. I mean, I don't want to, you said just initial reaction. So it was, it was fine. Like it had its moments. It was fine. <laughs> it, Better than Ricky. It o. was okay. It was okay. It but, wasn't kind of like how you felt about uh, the one last week. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. I like this better than the one last week. Like, just because yeah. there's, uh, okay. So, okay. With this movie, the synopsis. Okay. Jay Leno's a police detective. He's, at the very beginning of the movie, he's seen like in a car, he's about to race a couple of dudes in his car. The police start to chase him and he's like, just go, go, go. And he gets pulled over and he's a cop. You find out he's a cop and he's like, you know, a fun, but idiotic cop kind of like, he just doesn't play by the rules. And like, that's what these movies are about. Yeah. And then on the other side of the world, I think in Japan or is it China? I can't remember. Uh, but Pat Morita, there's somebody over there that stole a a new invented uh, part to a car and brought it to America to sell it. So the police force over there sent Pat Morita, the Jackie Chan character, over to the America to help solve the case. Mm-hmm. Paired up with Jay Leno. And oh boy. So... Unlike Rush Hour, like Rush Hour doesn't do like the racism stuff very much. They just do a lot of stereotypical jokes like fried chicken and noodles and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, But here, so in the time that the movie Collision Course takes place in Detroit. In Detroit, we all know is like where all the big American cars are made and it's, you know, stuff like that. So at the time... uh, you know, foreign cars in Detroit were just looked down upon. And uh, so when Pat Morita or Mr. Miyagi arrives, it's not met well. And people say some really racist stuff. There's a lot of, I think, was the, they use the word Jap in it, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Ooh. Yeah, like constantly. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I guess it's done in a tongue-in-cheek way, but I mean, it's full on there, correctly? Correct, mm-hmm. I mean? And then uh, the the two just get into fights and try to solve the case. And what makes this movie hilarious to me, because it wants to take itself a little seriously, but when like 
Jay Leno and Pat Morita get into a fight with a bunch of like biker gangs or people at a bar, they start mm. playing 80s pop music that does not make sense with the fighting. And it makes yeah. me laugh. And it's just like, oh, you're hearing like a like pop go song that like a 10 year old would listen to at a skating rink while they're well, fighting. That, yeah, because the editing is super dated too. And that's just from like the ending itself with a freeze split frame (laughs) right right but there are some good lines in it so what what did you think susan about the the cat the synopsis the cast jay leno and kind of like i mean did it remind i mean it reminded me so much of rush hour and i'm willing to bet that brett ratner just drew his stuff directly from this movie it reminded me so much of rush hour like you said like right when it started i was like this is rush how did we not like you said how did we not know about this movie especially when rush hour came out that nobody was like hey this is kind of a you know there's this movie collision course and we're it's the adept like a little spin-off of that or something um the cast was good i mean i did think jay leno and Mr. Miyagi did a great job. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's stupid. Like, no, it is definitely stupid. It's, <laughs> it's really like some of the stuff is like beyond unrealistic that like the action sequence that happened. I mean, it doesn't, it, it's, it's really weird watching it now, especially because of the cops, like they're not painted in a good light. And I mean, I don't think, I don't think the cops are painted very well. No, I mean, I don't think they're actively like going, like doing, like shooting innocent people or anything no. like that. But they are, they are rough with people. They're rough. <laughs> they're racist. I yep, mean, for sure. they're racist. And so it's just, and it's comical then because it's, that's what's so sad is like probably during that time, it was just like no big thing. Like, yeah, this is how they, they can make fun of like Asian people like that. And so. And, and um, I only believe because that was the product of the time right. and the whole foreign car and being in a Detroit thing that had to be very relevant in what actually happened. Right. And I think right. that was a big thing in America back in the late eighties was like, Oh no, you know, Detroit, you know, going downhill, making all the American cars and then Toyota and Honda coming in. And I think that was met with a lot of stuff like that. And mm-hmm. And it's it's really weird to watch it now because you're like, okay. And it's... <laughs> yeah, there's just a lot of times where I just felt very cringy just because I was like, oh, God, this is... And I really, really want to watch, like, I want to, like, uh, Google and YouTube search uh, Jay Leno, his, his Tonight Show, and see if Pat Morita was ever on there. And I wonder if they showed clips from that movie of them two together because that would be kind of funny. Yeah, it would. It would. That would. Yeah, you should look that up. Um, yeah, I, I mean, of course, I did like that that line in the movie. I thought it was funny when I texted you, like, "Oh, he just said he doesn't know know him and his brother don't know karate." No, so there's a there's some really funny laugh out line moments. So in the movie, uh, unlike Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, who can kind of hold themselves in a fight, Jay Leno and Pat Morita cannot. Unlike you know Karate Kid. Uh, Mr. Miyagi does not know how to fight in this movie. So constantly in fights, Jay Leno and Pat Morita are like knocked out, punched, thrown to the ground. And Jay Leno at one point says, you know, are you the only person in China to not know karate? And Pat Morita, without missing a beat, hilariously says, no, 
my brother also don't know karate. Yeah. It is so fucking funny because yeah. it's just, I mean, breaking that stereotype type of thing was, you know, that was really smart for them to do because, I mean, they could easily just have Pat Morita come in and do Karate Kid or yeah. something like that. And I would imagine maybe they just didn't want him to do that because he might have been stereotyped as mm-hmm. the karate guy. Like, we're going to make yeah. Pat Morita not know karate. Right. So I thought that was really funny. Uh, mm-hmm. That was good. And then, so the last, like, climactic scene it's done in like a trauma-esque B-movie way where Pat Morita jumps through a car windshield and smashes a dude's face. It's yeah. just, and how it's edited, like Susan said. <laughs> cheesy. Like, literally, yeah. it was such a bad shot. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Well, back then, there was no, like, CG, really. It was just kind of... Uh, it was just such a straight shot of him, like, his legs going through the car door. It looked like, you know, like like a... Like a jump cut almost. Just yeah, like, hitting a mannequin. Yeah, no, yeah. it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It was really funny looking. Uh, but it, it, it ends exactly the same way Rush Hour ends, in an airport when they're parting ways. And, you know, they're they're injured and stuff like that. And they just kind of make fun of each other. <laughs> and the freeze frame. In the freeze <laughs> frame. Split freeze frame. I'm sorry, that just is like so hilarious to me. That's very 80s. It is. It is very 80s. It just was like, I don't know, it just was like the cherry on top of that movie. And so do you think this was, I get when we were, we kind of mentioned it, but do you think this is a good depiction of police officers at all? No. Yeah, I don't think it so. It was either. like horrible. I mean, right out the gate, you show kind of a corrupt officer with Jay Leno. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. And then to add not only that he was like racing with people, but then the way he was hitting on the woman police officer. Oh, oh, sexism. Oh, my goodness. Sexism That's... all the way. And it was just like, it made her look bad. Cause she's like, ooh, yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I remember that too. I was, I was thinking of you when I watched that scene. So I was like, oh, Sugo has something to say. Because I mean, <laughs> not like that he was uh yeah jay little's like looking at the cops like oh what you doing tonight and she's like oh shit <laughs> yeah he's like demeaning her and being like super does not that is, it is one thing for a cop like to hit on a colleague but he was just doing it as if like yeah you piece of meat like oh yeah in. it was cat calling for sure yeah she basically cat calling and she just got her like integrity like lowered by the fact that she's not even discussed in the moment she's like oh i just do this for the uniform basically like right right no i thought it was really funny and i i guess like you know that again of the time period it's accepted that's what people did it's changed now you know it wouldn't work right now like if that was in a movie even just a regular comedy unless it was like a spoof that would be really weird to watch no like you would see that same exact scene play out and the female cop maybe slap them or something like that or just like what are you talking about yeah and then like her turn away or I, i don't know what would happen but i mean i i think like in rush hour i mean they Chris Tucker cat calls women, but it's done in like a different way. I think a more over the top silly way. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. It's collision course. I, I want them to make a big Blu-ray edition of it and have, I mean, you can't have Pat Morita cause he passed away, but Jay right. Leno talking about this movie would be amazing. That 
I agree. I would love to hear his thoughts on it. I would too. I trust me. I um. I I, I have put out the word to him <laughs> somehow, and I would love to love to like. Hey, man. Uh, let's just talk about Collision Course, man. This is a fun movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so. Jay. I mean, Jay Leno was making a buddy action cop movie kind of before it became like a big thing in the late nineties, and. Uh, but then he went a different way. He yeah. He do the Tonight Show and does his thing. So I I think it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I do I recommend this? Yeah, like this is a crazy part of cinema history with people who became crazy popular, and this is a movie that nobody really has ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean it's fun. It's fun. So it's if you have HBO, it, you go ahead and knock yourself out. I will say the films that we suggested beforehand, I would make those priorities before this one. Yeah. So um, yeah, I don't know. It's a. Uh, it is. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy. Crazy. Um, but yeah, that is. Uh, that's Collision Course. Do we have anything yeah. else to say about Collision Course? I think we pretty much covered it. It's a, it's not, it's not a, it's an easy watch. It's not really, though it's more of a movie than Ricky O, there's, there's still not, not a whole lot you have to digest. It's a pretty simple concept. You're too much. You're too much. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Collision Course. Yeah. It is only on HBO right now. And I don't, I mean, if you can find it on DVD, I I don't know, but I don't think it's ever been released on Blu-ray. Oh, I would be shocked. Here's hoping. Mm-hmm. All right, on to our honorable mentions, um, on to what we want to suggest to you to watch. First off, I think we talked a little bit about this last time, Lovebirds by Michael Showalter, starring Issa Rae and Kumail Nanjiani. Uh, I liked the movie. A lot of people did not like this movie. I liked it. Honestly, I am with you, Brian, and normally I would have been, we probably wouldn't have agreed on this, but as I was watching it, I think again, I was thinking, I was thinking Brian's right, which is very rare. Uh, but <laughs> I was like, this is fun. Like, the, I like the two actors, obviously. Like, they make the movie. Just their dialogue and back and forth is entertaining on its own. But I think the big thing is that it had going for it is that it just went to Netflix. So you don't have this crazy high expectation of, like, this big blockbuster. You're just like, I just need something fun. So I did feel very, like, date night elements to it. It felt a lot like date night, just as far as the formula but it still felt its own when i say that i i just i didn't i wasn't like thinking steve carell and tina fey really like ever i was just thinking that kind of the the wild goose chase of it all but i definitely got three uh eyes wide shut and um i don't know i just i thought it was fun i think people are giving it like they're you know some of our colleagues hated it and I'm so surprised because I don't think it. it was that bad. No, at I don't all. think it was bad at all. I, I like the movie. Like it, yeah, for what it was, it doesn't like really add anything to like that comedic romance action genre. Like you know what's going to happen, but mm-hmm. it's just done in a really good way. And uh, I think Issa Rae really carries that movie for the most part because I like her character in that. And Kumail's I always do. good, but he's the same guy. Um, but I, I like the movie. I like where it went. It mixes like the comedy, the relationship, sticking together, yeah, uh, and kind of like the kind of more serious action beats as well as the sex thing, yeah, um, which is all in a relationship. So I kind of uh, I, I enjoyed it. 
Yeah, I got to say, I just like crack up from the beginning. I mean, this isn't any spoiler, but just it's from the trailer. But whenever there's like Kumail is so excited to be like, oh, my God, we're about to get the bad guy. You know, like he's like, yeah, we got you. We got you. And he just <laughs> runs him over and he's like the face that he makes. Like he's just like. Yeah, no. I think you got him. <laughs> yeah, and I think it goes in line with our main event today. Um, uh-huh. You know, the thing of uh, Kumail and Issa being, you know, uh, black and what is Kumail? Indian. Indian. Oh, or, or actually, well, pa- I think he's from Pakistan. Pakistani. Yeah. Being scared to actually go to law enforcement. Like, they ran because they know, like, they would something like that and of course you know it's complete opposite of that right <laughs> which well, is one of the, the jokes of the movie but yeah it is they have it right at the beginning they're like oh let's let i'm i'm um african-american and you're brown like you know like yeah. we're don't okay we believe you like and it's relevant so today <laughs> yeah like today like it's just like it's so funny but i love the ending of it they're like what <laughs> no I, I agree yeah no. i like lovebirds go check it out it's on netflix yeah absolutely people it's fun it's good uh so susan what's this what's this show called we're here okay so another great show to watch it's on hbo especially during this time i am uh, a fan of rupaul's drag queens uh it's, well rupaul's drag race is what it's called but uh a few of her uh drag queens have gone on a kind of a mission so basically it's she angela eureka and bob the drag queen people who are fans will know these three they are going to kind of more conservative towns like in the south area like louisiana uh i think mississippi was one of them or missouri one of those i can't remember all the cities that they go but they basically go to towns that don't usually experience like drag queens. They they actually show them. So it's a doc because it's a documentary miniseries. It's only six episodes. The final episode airs on Thursday, I believe. But in each episode, they go to a town. They kind of you can tell when they visit certain shops. It's a lot of like white old people that so they've been like they were like kicked out in some of them. They're like no, don't like one old lady like literally will not speak to them and is like just leave and. Uh, but they're there to kind of their kind of method is like showing people like you've got to like to introduce drag to people you just kind of got to put it in their face almost like this is the way you're gonna ever even know what it is Uh, but also they go and each of them have somebody that they're going to like make over into a drag queen but each person has like this really incredible story as to why they want to do this um, one mother is doing it because her daughter killed herself. Um, she was she was a lesbian, wow. and she just yeah she she killed herself. One, uh, so she wants to do it in her honor. One did it for the fact that uh, she she was very religious, and she told her daughter like she actually called her daughter out at church and. Um, and said, I need you guys to pray for my daughter. She's gay. She needs help to come go back to like being straight and made her daughter want to kill herself. She found her daughter's diary and it said all these horrible things. And she felt, so she actually has a bad relationship, but she basically did it as, a, as an apology. It's, there's so many great stories. Um, 
but it's just again reminding you that drag is what you I, I I really love what drag represents that's why I really love this show and just drag race in general but it's what you make it and ultimately it's just about equality loving everybody and it's 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 a great show like really check it out I have to check that out. We're here. And it's We're on Net- HBO. HBO. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to talk about a couple new movies. Uh, there's a new documentary called Spelling the Dream on Netflix. Uh, it's about the spelling bee. And more mm-hmm. specifically, it's about uh, almost why there is, uh, it's mostly uh, Indian kids who are participating in winning. And it is really well done. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, good stuff in it that talks about why and they interview the little kids and they're great. Um, also, well, I guess one of the gripes about it is like they kind of show a lot of the spelling bee. Like they just kind of like for minutes and minutes at a time just show the spelling bee. Mm. And like, okay, like past spelling bees. But I would would want more interviews with um, famous Indian uh people who you know from comedian comedians to news anchors to authors to stuff like that talking about the spelling bee and how you know it's kind of like it was cool how they talked about like it's their thing like we have somebody something that we excel at because like there's not a lot or at least when it started out uh in basketball or football or anything but spelling bee like we're on espn like we're like Mm -hmm. you know the champions so i thought that was really cool and they talk about that in the movie uh, or in the documentary. And I thought that was cool because I like, I love the spelling bee. So I'm a fan. Have you seen it yet? No, I haven't. I hadn't heard about it until you mentioned it, but I, I will check it out. It sounds good. I think it comes out this Friday on Netflix. Uh, it's okay. pretty good called Spelling the Dream. Uh, mm-hmm. There is another movie that's coming out on Friday. It is called Becky. Yeah, I haven't heard that at all. So Becky is a movie that maybe Susan would like. I wish that, so this movie was supposed to premiere at a film festival earlier this year, but everything happened. Uh, and oh it, it would have been an amazing, fantastic fest movie. So it is, it is a super gory version of Rambo meets Home Alone meets I Spit on Your Grave with a tattoo, a Nazi tattooed, uh kevin james <laughs> i'm looking at this right now and i just i'm so shocked if what you could see susan's face right now it's really I'm like, funny what in the world is this so movie? kevin Where? james king of queens adam sandler yeah. movies so he is a huge neo-nazi racist guy who escapes jail with people and they end up at a house um where Joe McHale is the dad and this, his young daughter, their, his, her mother died of cancer uh, a couple years prior and uh, they're living in this big house, uh, country house. And Joe McHale is about to get married uh, to another uh, lady and she has her own child. So, and then these people led by Kevin James shows up and they're after something and it quickly turns into Home Alone versus Rambo in a super gory way. And it walks a great line of trying to be serious and over the top silly, complete yeah. with like a montage of this 13 year old girl in her arts and crafts room, putting on a hat, 
rubber banding pencils together to stab somebody. But like, it's like, it is vicious. And to see Kevin James in this role is uh, pretty cool. Like, I did believe him. Like, he's... <laughs> did you believe him? Is he believable? No, he is. He is. Like, there's some good stuff to it. Uh, it doesn't take itself a whole lot seriously. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll min- I don't want to mention this once. I don't want to give a spoiler away since this movie's not out. But there's some scenes that are pretty funny uh, in a really gruesome way. But it's worth it. Like, this... Uh, Susan, if we watch this at Fantastic Fest in the theater at midnight, oh, it, it'd be great. Huh? Oh, you think you're I think fine? I, I think I would have fun. No, this looks like okay. a dream Fantastic Fest film. I'm curious where, well, go ahead. No, finish your thing because I want to, I actually really want to know where it's going to be available. So, it, yeah, it's only like 89 minutes or 85 minutes and uh, it's it's really quick. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. So, I, it's going to be on, I think, all on VOD. Like, I think you can buy it. Um on VOD coming this Friday, I think in, on okay. iTunes, Amazon, all of that. So I, I definitely recommend Becky. Uh, it is, um, <laughs> it's something different folks. And it, for those of you who are very squeamish to gore, uh, you are going to probably be closing your eyes through a lot of it because I mean, they enhance it quite a bit and stay on mm-hmm. the gore for quite a bit, but it's all from a 13 year old girl. <laughs> and like and kevin james is pretty sadistic in the movie um i mean are there problems with it sure uh but it it is it's a a line they walk the line while being self-aware of how goofy and silly it is to its seriousness and i think that's a good they did a good job i liked it enjoyed it so becky um and another one is called the fisherman's friends a uh, brand new movie, and it looks amazing based on a true story. It is being uh, hailed as the next Full Monty about a group of older fishermen in a fisherman town, fishing mm-hmm. town, and they sing really well their sea shanties, and a big like music exec comes in and is like, we can make you the biggest star in the world. And uh, it's pretty cool. It's like a very heartwarming, feel-good, good music type of movie, and it's kind of like the next Full Monty. Okay. An unlikely underdog story type of thing. So Fisherman's Friends, and then, of course, King of Staten Island coming out in a couple weeks, the new Judd Apatow movie focusing on Pete Davidson and his actual real life, which is very tragic. I did not know Pete Davidson was only 25. uh, And his life growing up, I just can't imagine. And this movie really tells his story, I think, almost verbatim. So uh, it is pretty – it's really good. I think it's Apatow's best film, but that's uh, coming out very soon. That's big words to say. No, I, I mean, I like 40-Year-Old Virgin. I like Knocked Up. Uh, I did not like Trainwreck. Oh, but you're biased. You don't like Amy Schumer. I do not John like Cena Schumer. was in that. John Cena was the best part of that movie. Or, well, oh. so was, um, what's his name? Uh, Bill Hader. Bill Hader's great in that movie. Was really great in that movie. But I just don't get him ever liking somebody like Jamie or Amy Schumer's character. Like, but I just you don't, don't see the like her at all. That's no, like, but <laughs> that's you wouldn't get that with Rebel Wilson. Like, nah, I like Rebel Wilson and Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> nah, I don't God know. Thank God for that. Thank God you like I, her. In that. I did. No, uh, no. So, but like you know, like funny people. I so I think funny people was his best movie. 
You know, I mean, I like Four Year Old really? Virgin, but Funny People just like meant something. Like it had heart and soul to it, where I think a lot of his movies do, but they get away from themselves. And this, I need to watch that again. Yeah, and King of Stanton Island, you know, like every Judd Apatow movie is like two and a half hours long. So it mm-hmm. takes a while to get where it's going. And so yeah. it's the same way with this, but it's earned because you see the transformation happening in a really big way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there's that element to it. But I mean, don't expect like the usual Apatow people like Sandler or Rogan or Hill in this. It is strictly Pete Davidson and Bill Burr and Marissa Tomei and yeah. Bill Powley. Uh, and it's it's really good. And mm-hmm. damn it, Pete Davidson's great in it. Um, I just imagine how cathartic or in painful and happy that he did this and got to like showcase like how crazy his life was yeah so before yeah it's one of the movies i've been most excited about especially during this quarantine no i really liked it i really enjoyed it and i think you'll really like it. you should definitely watch it oh i watched it today yeah and okay and then text me about it i will i will any other honorable mentions for you I think that, oh, uh, I watched Relic recently, which, did you watch it? No, I haven't watched it yet, but not to be confused with the 90s Relic, right? No, no, this is 2020 (laughs) Relic. (laughs) Um, Oh, it's going to be like right up your alley. Brian, this might be your favorite movie of the year, and I mean that, because it's like, it's from the, I think it's the creators of like something to do with hereditary, like somebody from hereditary's wall. Um, but it's very like, I mean, I will say it's a little bit slow for me. Not a lot happens until the last 30 minutes, but because I watched it at like two o'clock at night, I was so scared while I was watching it. Like I had to kind of like, sometimes I couldn't look cause I was like, Oh my God, I was watching Trevor was asleep and I was like, Oh my God, there's the tensities there. It's very creepy and eerie. Um, it's, I don't want to spoil much else about it. Don't, because uh, I want to see this. And yeah. I feel like if you're a night owl like that, I am too. We need to like start picking movies to watch and just text each other throughout the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like start it yeah. at the same time or something like that. We need, we need to do that. We should definitely do that with the, we should do that with the next blind watch. Like okay. For real. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which is your turn, by the way. I know. I know. What I'm, Disney movie are we watching now? <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to pick. I'm going to look up. Uh, that was honestly, I picked that last one because I was so pissed about Ricky Ho. I was like, <laughs> that was a spite blind watch. People. I was like, I'm going to Disney Plus. <laughs> I'm picking something that I don't even care. I don't even care. But I'm not going to pick something like that next. That's funny. That's yeah. funny. Because uh, it, it's so, with the blind watches, uh, two folks listening out there and watching, um, it's very difficult for us to find a movie we it both is. haven't seen. So we're, I mean, we just started this. So we're only, I think this is our fifth or sixth one we're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're just trying to find, because we're there's so many good movies. Because I try to like look up like best movies I've never seen. Right. And like, fuck, I've seen all these movies so hard yeah yeah so it's uh it's difficult because i know there's movies i haven't seen that susan has and movies i've seen susan hasn't have but we can't do that we have to do ones we haven't seen and i think it's been great though i've loved uh geek charming i loved i was so surprised you let the see it backfired on me because i was waiting (laughs) i thought you were gonna text me like dear God, what are you doing to me? Like, this is dog shit, like all this stuff. And so I couldn't believe it when you were like, I already like it. It's fine. <laughs> like, I was like, 
all right, cool, whatever. So and secretly, she was like, "Damn it!" Yeah. No, I was a little bit. Well, honestly, because I almost had texted you while I started when I started it, and I was like, I was about to text you, "Sorry," I was about to be like, "I'm sorry," <laughs> but then I didn't. Honestly, I, I too, as I watched, I was like, "Well, it's not like the worst movie ever." Right. Amy Schumer wasn't in it. Yeah, Amy so. Schumer wasn't in it, thank God. <laughs> then it would have been the worst movie ever. I, I don't have a problem. <laughs> You're too funny. <laughs> You're something else, Susan. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's our, that's our episode for today. That's our episode for this week. No BS with Brian and Susan, episode seven. Get up, stand up, don't give up the fight. We hope you're staying, stay, staying safe out there. And um, yeah, just, yeah, that's all you can really say. Uh, be safe. Go out and vote, please. That's vote. Like oh my thing. God. Please, please, people. Like this, especially this coming election, let's not forget to vote. Yeah. And even for like the, the smaller elections, like yeah. get the police chiefs, get the Congress people out of office if you don't like them. Like agreed. That's the that's the way to do it. Um but we love you. We we yeah. glad you're listening and we we're gonna keep doing this show despite uh I mean uh it, unless there's a zombie apocalypse happening, right? And we could still very might well happen. Yeah, that mm-hmm. very well. The year's not over yet. No, it's just, the punches keep rolling in. But uh, yeah, no BS with Brian Susan. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio. We're gonna be back next time with hopefully uh, some more upbeat uh, themes rather than rioting and uh, <laughs> racist stuff. Um, but we love everyone. We yeah. hope you listen, watch these movies, watch these television shows. And uh, Susan, where can everybody find you at? Uh, you can find me at ictn.tv, City of Irving. Uh, just type in my name there. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, This Chicks Flicks all over there she's all just just type into google and you'll google su- me google google google, <laughs> google susan does she yeah. type, do they type in susan kamyab or susan i was susan? actually gonna say you're probably gonna have to type in susan kamyab uh for it uh ictn is putting susan stevens but you'd probably have better luck with susan kamyab yeah we need to get that seo up yeah and then uh, you can find me, Brian Kluger, at boomstickcomics.com or highdefdigest.com or YouTube or Screen Rant or Instagram recently back on making ridiculous videos. Mm-hmm. And uh, soon, soon to be coming more interviews and a video of Susan and I doing our top 10 happiest yeah. moments in film. Very quickly, very soon. So keep an eye on for that. But yes, no BS with Brian and Susan. We'll see you next week. See you guys.